Hi, I'm Andy Moore, your Friday host of the 8 O'Clock Buzz. Thanks for spending your mornings with us. We love bringing you this blend of art and music and news and politics and, and more. In return, we ask that you spend a little to support this show. And it's easy. Go to wortfm.org slash donate. You're listening to the Friday 8 O'Clock Buzz on 89.9 FM WORT Madison Community Radio. I'm Jason Joyce sitting in for Andy Moore. Our first guest founded an organization called Madison is for People in 2021. Welcome to WORT, Will Ohovich. Thank you, Jason. It's nice to be here. I, you know, I asked you how to pronounce your last name and then butchered it on my first attempt. So. <laughs> you did good enough. Yeah. <laughs> good enough. Thank you for that. I, I, I don't know if anyone gets it right. <laughs> I don't even know if I get it right. Yeah, there we go. Um, well, instead of me trying and likely failing to, to categorize or define your organization, Madison is for people, um, It'd be great to have the founder tell us what you're all about. What what is, what does your group do? Yes, yeah, so Madison is for people is a YIMBY group, and that stands for Yes in My Backyard. We're essentially a housing advocacy group. Um, and so what we're looking to do is make it easier to build housing throughout Madison, um, really everywhere. Uh, it's a nationwide movement, but Madison is for people is obviously specific to Madison. Yeah. Um, you know, I got started in this because... I was a young professional and I was renting. I still rent, but I was looking for a house and I was wondering, you know, why is it so expensive to buy a house in Madison? Um, you know, it sometimes feels like your only options are like big apartment buildings or like the suburbs with a big home with a big yard. And, you know, once I started looking into it, you find out about things like zoning and parking minimums and setbacks and all of these other requirements that really define what you are able to to buy and choose. Um, I saw a statistic the other day that in, in 1980, 40% of homes were starter homes, so, you mm-hmm. know, less than 1,400 square feet, and now it's less than 7%. You know, most single-family homes have gotten bigger. And, yeah. Yeah. It, it is uh, – it's not – just people thinking that maybe it has something to do with inflation or uh, they just forget what it was like to be young, that it's difficult to find an apartment in this town. It's difficult to afford an apartment in this town. And if you want to talk about moving into a house when you're a young person, it, it is very difficult. This is not a myth, right? No, it's not a myth. And and <laughs> there's a very low vacancy rate in Madison, and that makes it incredibly difficult to find apartments, uh, makes it very expensive. And it Really, what that low vacancy rate does is it, is it kind of gives all the power to landlords because they know uh, if you say no to a price hike or to um, you know what they're offering you, they're going to find someone else who's going to do that because there are no other options. And so one of the things that we're really advocating for is, is building more housing and building more housing because that helps lift the vacancy rate, that helps make shifts the power back towards renters, uh, back towards homeowners. Um, people, you know, people who want to find that, that spot in Madison for themselves, you know, Madison is a growing city. We have uh, a lot of people moving here and we need places for those people to live. What is standing in the way, uh, in your opinion from just doing what you're talking about doing, building more housing? Yeah, I, I think the biggest things are, um, Exclusionary zoning and parking mandates are two of the biggest things. So uh, exclusionary zoning is zoning that says, you know, you can only build these sorts of things. And then the typical exclusionary zoning is single family homes. Um, 
And there, there are all these other requirements. So it's not just that you have to build a single family home, but that you need a large lot, you know, 8,000 square feet. Your home has to be set back pretty far. You know, you have to have a, you're legally required to have a front and a backyard, even mm. if you don't want that. Um, and those sorts of requirements make it so that you, you know, land in Madison can only be used for the most expensive form of housing, which is not luxury condos. It's actually yeah. single family homes. Um, and so that makes everything really expensive and it makes it just really difficult to build those homes for people. So, uh, you know, people hear a lot about the missing middle. We advocate yeah. for making it easier to build the missing middle. Um, and so those are homes that are not, you know, they're in between single family homes and big apartment buildings. So it could be uh, townhomes, which, you know, townhomes you cannot just build by right in most places in Madison. Okay. Could be duplexes, triplexes, small apartment buildings, courtyard cottages, you know, all of these sorts of like really nice ways to live that are just not, they're not allowed right now. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that parking uh, situation that you mentioned as well? Oh, yeah. Parking mandates. So these are requirements that uh, you have to build a certain number of parking spaces based on some whatever you're doing in your building. So, you know, typically it's like one or two parking spaces per bedroom or per residential unit. Uh, And then for commercial space, it might be based on the square footage. Uh, What these do is is they add cost um, and you know, we were talking about this before, but uh, I think the pandemic really laid bare, like, especially if you're in a two person household and one person works remotely, or you can walk or bus to your job, like you might have two cars, but you really only use one of them. Um, But a lot of times you are required to build two parking spaces or one parking space. Uh, Madison has has removed parking minimums in a lot of the city, um, but not citywide. So as part of the TOD, uh, that they passed last year. They removed parking minimums near the BRT line. Um, from what I've been hearing and and from what other places have done, I've heard that removing parking minimums is a major step towards making housing more affordable. I, I think people underestimate how much parking costs. Like a structured sure. parking garage is like fifty to $60,000. It's more if you put it underground. And $50,000 is... A lot, a lot of money. Um, it changes the economics of putting together one of these projects, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're listening to 89.9 FM WORT, the Friday 8 o'clock morning buzz. I'm Jason Joyce, and I'm joined by Will Ohovich from Madison is for People. Uh, there have been, a, you know, development stories continue to pop up in the news, uh, and they almost always seem to have a similar headline, uh, you know, proposal uh, on the table for for some part of the city, uh, neighbors pushing back. Uh, your, you defined your organization as part of the YIMBY movement. Um, often the opponents of these projects are categorized as NIMBY, not in my backyard. Maybe they're folks who say, oh yeah, Madison has a housing crisis. We need to build more buildings. We need more apartment buildings, more, uh, you know, more residential housing, um, but not here. Um, can you tell a little bit, of, t- tell us a little bit about that tension and how your group navigates that? Yeah. I mean, this is something that comes up all the time and, um, you know, I, I, there's a news story from when Madison passed the zoning code a hundred years ago and someone wanted to build a three unit building and someone showed up and they said, uh, you know, if you build this three unit building, it's going to cause half a million dollars in property damages huh. to the neighboring properties. And of course, you know, I'm sure that person did not have much of a basis for that, but this isn't a new thing at all. Um, you know, I think part of what we do as part of our 
part of what we do as part of our advocacy is really education as well. So like Madison is for people is made up of homeowners, renters, young, old, and there's a variety of reasons that people are involved in this. So uh, from being concerned about climate change and the effects of urban sprawl and, uh, you know, car dependent uh, development uh, to just being worried about their property taxes going up because of, you know, the, the rising cost of services and the one way to alleviate that is to build development. Um, you know, there's a variety of reasons that people are opposed, but I think most of the time it's in our best interest to uh, build these homes. And so I try and focus on the positive things. Sure. So, um, you know, for an apartment building, it could be that the people who work at your favorite restaurant or grocery store, they might live there. Um, it might be that it makes your neighborhood more walkable if you get some mixed use development. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, walkability is something that people, uh, it's, it's really, <laughs> people love it. It's honestly. a luxury, I think. Yeah, it's a luxury. People yeah. are willing to pay more for it. And if you can get that in your neighborhood, that's, amazing like we should be building more walkable neighborhoods and part of that is not just building the walkable places but also you need the number of people nearby the density to actually support businesses um otherwise those businesses are are not going to do well and people aren't going to actually want to open them up yeah what what form does your organization's activism often take what what are your tactics what are you actually out there doing day-to-day, week-to-week? So uh, we've done petitions before um, in support of a few different developments. Um, we also hold monthly meetings. Actually, we hold a, we're hold we going to be holding a meeting this Sunday. It's going to be a book exchange, 1 p.m. at Robinia Coffee, uh, Robinia Courtyard on East Washington, if oh, you're interested. Fantastic. Uh, so, you know, connecting people together, uh, reaching out to alders, holding campaigns to, you know, write to your alder and uh, ask them to change this ordinance Um which, you know, there are a lot of <laughs> ordinances and a lot of them are, you know, pretty, this just came up on the West side. Actually, there was a yeah. pretty poorly written ordinance and a judge ordered the development to stop. And so we're trying to get the city to uh, rewrite that ordinance to allow underground parking and commercial buildings, which, you know, yeah. why would you ban that? <laughs> right. Um, it's, it strikes me that, you know, often when you have these neighborhood listening sessions or committee meetings at the city level and you're talking about um, proposed buildings, folks who look at those proposals and say, seems like a pretty good idea. They're not as motivated to go to the meeting as folks who say, you know, over my dead body. Yes. And this is a, a perennial problem. You know, most people are. And I mean, surveys show this. If you if you look at broad policy surveys and you say, do you support building apartments near transit stops or near grocery stores? You know, vast majorities of people will support those. Um, But those people are not motivated to show up, as you said. Mm -hmm. Another issue is that when you're building new housing, the people who are going to live there almost never know that they're going to live there. So if it's a new apartment building, uh, the people who live there, they they don't know. So they're not going to show up and advocate. And I try to think of this in in the reverse. Like if you were to advocate for tearing down that just new built part in apartment building, you know, the people who live in there would be like, no way, this is my this is my home. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? But uh, when it comes to building that new building, you know, they, they aren't there to speak for themselves. And so that causes issues. <laughs> Can, can you yeah we mentioned the the uh, uh, development on the west side we're, we're talking about a, a 
a four-story building, I think it is, um, right at where Speedway Road meets Mineral Point Road, and a judge ordered uh, that uh, construction to stop on that project. Do you, can you catch us up on what's going on with that? Yeah, so this was one of our first advocacy projects, actually, but okay. it's a uh, former stop-and-go quick trip bought stop and go quick trip shut down the gas station um so it was you know empty for a few months before this and then the developer came in and proposed yeah a four-story apartment building i think it's like 30 units um and there was a lot of pushback from the neighborhood um they started a petition opposing it we started a petition in support of it okay. and we got double the signatures. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, and it, you know, it passed plan commission unanimously. They, the neighbors appealed. Um, and when I say neighbors, it's, you know, like a few people. Um, it's not the entire neighborhood, but mm-hmm. they appealed to uh, common council, common council unanimously approved the conditional use. They sued. Uh, the lawsuit went to a judge and the judge said, Ninety percent of what you said is wrong, but there's one poorly written ordinance that says uh, commercial parking cannot be underground, or uh-huh. you can't have underground parking for commercial buildings, which is uh, pretty silly. I don't think any of the people suing actually really care about you know being hurt by underground parking. Okay, yeah, uh, they're they're there to stop the development or delay it. Yeah, interesting. So we're we're um, is your organization now involved in? helping to to rewrite that ordinance push push for that change yeah we're pushing people to email their alders and and it's a really simple change like they need to change one line and say parking may be located to the side or rear or beneath the building um Mm. so it's a one word change and we're encouraging people to reach out to their alders so you mentioned um an event on sunday 1 p.m at at rabinia um a book exchange uh are people encouraged to bring particular types of books to this book exchange very broad we did this last year and it was it was actually a lot of fun i saw tons of books that i had not even heard of um you know architecture urbanism transportation homelessness housing policy all sorts of things and it was great it's a lot of fun uh and then yeah people give like a short two-minute speech about why they like the book are there other ways uh that people can learn about madison is for people yeah you can go to our website uh madison is for and you can sign up for our mailing list um we also have uh like a formal membership um so you can go to yimbyaction.com backslash join um and sign up for either a paid or a volunteer membership um and those are all great ways to get involved you know supporting yimby action really does help us because we use you know they give us the tools to help organize um and it's it's pretty great it's fantastic thank you so much for joining us will ahovich from madison is for people we'll be back in a few minutes with john russos to reminisce about mardi gras at the old new orleans takeout i'm jason joyce and you're listening to the friday eight o'clock buzz on 89.9 wort fm don't go away <laughs> 